Hello everybody, this is The Darkest Timeline. So this is our first ever episode, and today we're going to cover, I think, the, the main reasons which are such a divide in this country about Brexit. I think we've all noticed that there's a lot of um, disagreement and even hey, quite vicious hatred, really, between people who voted remain or leave at times. And we want to put to you, the animosity should not be towards each other as voters and members of the public, it should be towards the people at the top who are Billy bullshitting everybody. Now, when we, people are calling for, say, a second re- referendum to do basically with the agenda of um, everybody voting to remain in the EU, no one's saying, if you voted out, you're thick. That is not what we're saying. We're saying, now that you have the truth, now that you have the information, it is prudent to have another look at it to really see what you're getting into. I would also posit this, a second referendum is a good idea, whichever side of the aisle you're on, because the first referendum is shall we leave the EU? The second referendum is, how should we leave the EU? I think that seems like a reasonable question. Uh, and there is a lot of debate now by the party leaders that, you know, what should be on the ballot paper when it comes to it? Should it be, you know, a binary thing? Should it be this deal or no Brexit? Should it be no deal or no Brexit? Should it be a, a, a trilateral thing? Should it be no deal, this deal or remain. I think any one of those is difficult because if it's, you know, as I support trilateral, you'll have people trying to condense any two of them into one thing to really make out that it's bigger than the other one. And I think my my take would be that the, the best option is probably having this deal or remain because Theresa May has been clear that we're not getting another deal from the EU. And granted, any negotiation, as Corbyn said on this morning, um, earlier this week, have you, has there ever been a negotiation where the other team have gone, we're not changing it anymore and that's it? A lot of negotiations do change over time. It's also unanimously agreed that no deal is a dreadful idea, no matter which fe- side of the fence you sit on, unless you're Jacob yeah. Rees-Mogg for some fucking reason, because he should know better. You know it's a dreadful idea to not have a deal. And regarding no deal, the only people I hear talk about no deal in the positive... I don't want to talk about people who voted one way or another like this, but the kind of people who have been perhaps scapegoated as, as racists and bigots, even if they're not, uh, are the kind of people who are saying that no Brexit is a good idea. It, when when you've got, you know, May, Gove, Hunt, Hammond, all of these saying no deal is a bad idea, we're not doing it, and again, Corbyn said, nobody's in favour of no deal. So the people who, relatively speaking, know the most, they're all saying no deal is a bad idea. And it is only the people that I I think it is fair to characterise uh, as slightly less informed for the, uh, the only people saying that no deal uh, is a good idea and we obviously shouldn't go with that. The problem with it is, right, and um, having a second referendum, like, I want it but not because I want one, it's because we have to have one though. And now that all the facts are there and you can say, okay, this is this. problem with it is when we do, or if we do have a second referendum, it's all going to be based on what you lot were lied to and you lot were lied to. All it will do, it will re, it will just spin up that thing all over Probably again. Machines Charges are, it won't change at all, which is what's the scary thing about uh, it. Doing a second referendum would be again a, a different dip into a different mystery box. Yeah. At this point, it would take ages. It's mm-hmm. also when we're talking about the refer- uh, second referendum, this ain't something that's going to happen overnight. Happen tomorrow. This is going to take weeks, if not months, to organise and then actualize and then count the bloody vote. You know, the think tanks are going to be active, the opposition research teams. Mm-hmm. I would guarantee that if there were a second referendum and if Labour come out strong against Brexit, that you'll see the Corbyn's a communist, you'll see the old Theresa May 
doesn't dress well, so how do you think she'll address? Imagine Corbyn hates Jews. And you'll, you'll see all that stuff. And it doesn't matter that Jeremy Corbyn isn't an anti-Semite. What matters is that a certain segment of the population believe that he is, um, or they believe people that believe that he is. Uh, just a quick uh, thing around the, around the table here, chaps. Would you prefer a second referendum or a general election? Both would be chaotic and difficult to deal with anyway, but because mm. in my understanding of the situation, I would say a general election is better because Brexit's poisonous. It's the educated elite versus the thick plebs. There are people in Brexit voting areas who have been talked down to by the government, by all sorts. And they don't want that anymore. There's a reason that a lot of the people in the in the more red states voted for um, for Donald Trump. They were tired of being condescended uh, to by Barack Obama. I don't think he was condescending, but there are people who think well, he was. Who they were exactly that, yeah. and and same with this Brexit thing. Brexit is so toxic that to do a people's vote. It's sort of like a de facto general election anyway. But with a general election, we can talk about other issues, poverty, uh, you know, the NHS. We can talk about other things. And that is how we move forward politically, because Brexit isn't all. Brexit should never be all. Brexit should now shouldn't be the only political identity that people have. But it kind of is, and it shouldn't be that way. Well, and it, there are people it is who are the most immediate and obvious. I, I agree. It's, it's a bit like, you know, you want to sort out your... All of the things of your civilization, but if a massive tidal wave is about to hit hit your coast, you deal with that first. Yes. I agree, but it's but there are things we can do to even mitigate the the effects of that tidal wave. You know, we can build infrastructure and better fund our services in order to so when that wave hits, we're better prepared for it. There is no preparation. Just listening to Gove speak as we all did um, on uh, the Andrew Marr show. What's his stance? I mean, Jeremy Corbyn's stance is we will not be aggressive with the EU. We will work on a deal that benefits workers and respects environmental regulations. You can say that's vague, but at least it's something. I, I have no idea what Gove's stance is. But Corbyn is a bit of a, a curveball if we go for another referendum, let's say, because he was very conspicuous by his absence yeah. in the Remain campaign. But he also does claim to have removed the campaign. He does. But the reason he's been so soft about it is because it was the rise of UKIP that really caused the old Brexit to happen. Now, people think UKIP's inherently right-wing, therefore they're taking votes of the Tories. Wrong. Contrary to what people thought, they took votes off of Labour. So now UKIP's dead, and those voters are trickling back. Corbyn doesn't want to lose them again. So it's going to be a very difficult balancing act for him to nail colours to the mast in, for any camp. Um, I mean, Corbyn said he would be for, you know, remaining, yes, but reform. Because we would be... Because if the EU is so bad, and I'm yet to really hear why it is so bad, then let us, one of the most powerful countries in the world, certainly as part of the EU. Well, um, theoretically. All we need is theoretical power. Let us change it from the inside. We can't tell the EU what to do and how to be better if we're not part of it. And you know, I, I don't want to necessarily come across as a remainder on this, as we're trying to... Because the, the thing we're really trying to discern here is that this whole Brexit thing is toxic, and the problem isn't with each other. The problem with Brexit is not that we should be looking down on people, but the people who cause the problem... Other people who are looking down on us. Yes. You look at Boris Johnson, he say, we will take back control of... Uh, we had all those things, so st stop saying that. Jacob Rees-Mogg, what these, does he these want? Two, they are clever enough to know that they are lying. That's the thing. It is bare-faced lies, and you should be really pissed off at it. Particularly, Boris Johnson was a Remainer. He no, was, he wasn't. He, he was. He was before... 
before the referendum. The, the campaign started. The, oh, okay. He essentially flipped on at the eleventh hour. He also like it doesn't make sense to flip. Oh, on such, yeah, he, yeah, he well, flipped because he saw a chance to political expert. Yeah. Every single person knows. Johnson don't give a fuck about this country. I'm sorry. He cares about becoming prime minister and being a shit imitation Churchill. Yeah, that's it. And this is what people are not focusing enough. Not just with Brexit. Obviously, this is what we're talking about at the moment, but. In terms of politics and society as a whole, no one's looking at the why. No one is looking at the agenda, what these people have to gain from it. And it sounds conspiratorial. It sounds like I've got a tinfoil hat on. The actions of these people make no sense other than in, the, in self-interest. These people, they must know this is all bad for the country. Future historians going to look back at them as a bunch of fucking villains, idiots, basically. So why are they doing it? The only conceivable option is to cling on to power for themselves. That but, is it. But also, the means by which they're clinging on to power, in the case of Boris Johnson, in the case of Jeremy Corbyn, in the case of Bernie Sanders in the US, and with Donald Trump. What, what are all four of these characters saying? What they're saying is that the establishment has not served you, we, the people, well. But they all mean different things when they say the establishment, don't they? They do. I mean, a lot of people who voted for Bernie in the primary ended up voting for Trump, not Hillary, because one of them is promising change, and one of them is promising things stay the same, and people want change. Look at Barack Obama. He basically could have just gone on a stage and gone, change, change in 2007, before he got elected, and everyone gone, yeah! Exactly that. And same with the Brexit people. I mean, it is, you know, fiercely, I guess, ironic that you get people like Jacob Rees-Mogg and Boris Johnson saying, you know, we will be against the establishment. These people, like, are the establishment. I mean, Jacob Rees-Mogg is worth £110 million, and though I don't begrudge him being rich, Mm -hmm. it's not commensurate with the narrative. You cannot have someone who is insanely wealthy saying, I'm not part of the system, I've not been benefited by it. Yes, you have. Yeah, yes, yeah. you have. He's also admitted to being born if he's having himself, in interviews himself, because he knows his dad was the other room. Of the times. Yeah. I Honestly, I'm, I'm going to put it out there, I don't know why we're talking about Jacob Rees-Mogg. Other than, other than he's like a bit of an amusing character. He's a backbencher, he said he's not going to be Prime Minister, and I'm, I know, it might be naive, but I think I'm going to take his word out. Yes. Um, be- because no backbencher has ever become leader of the Conservative Party. In, in one... Transition. I mean, they've never gone backbench. You know, they've so, always, yeah, they've got. He is not going to be a backbench for long. If the Absolutely. next government is conservative, that. he has got the name recognition and the support behind him that he has to be in the cabinet. Yeah, and then that's where that happens. There are a lot of people that. Why are we giving them any airtime? Jacob Rees-Mogg, no, he's literally just some guy. Boris Johnson, now that he's not Foreign Secretary, mm-hmm. just some guy. Why are we talking about him? Well, it's interesting that you make that point about Johnson. And it goes back to um, the first referendum and why it's now, in my opinion, no longer valid. I like that you're calling it the first referendum. The people who were the driving force behind that, they ain't there anymore. No. Nope. There's no Cameron. They've there's no Farage. What? There's no Where Johnson. is David Cameron? They're nothing. So, well, if you call it Danny Dyer, he's in the south of France with his crotters up. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good a place as any for him to be the point is none of these people are there anymore they're all irrelevant the Brexit or Remain for which they campaigned no yes. longer exists yeah. what would you say is Brexit now like people who are still <laughs> it, it means Brexit uh, well breakfast exactly. means breakfast okay in terms of the political characters when they say we're still for Brexit does this really mean we want tax cuts for the super wealthy does what you know what does that mean and when the average person is saying I'm still in favour of Brexit what are they in favour of? Are that they... means that they're so pissed off about one particular issue, either immigration or this kind of nebulous 
loss of sovereignty, which, by the way, isn't going to happen, or maybe they're a member of a particular community of farming, fishing, because, again, no buggers ever talked about fishing as much as they have in the last two weeks. Oh, I've yeah. never heard anything like it. Probably not so, unless you live in Grimsby. You don't hear about fishing this much. But the point is, they are willing to, to forego every other potential benefit that we could get out of being in the EU or any other establishment just to see the one, one thing. thing they want. In the coming week, depending on when you're listening to this, we're hearing a lot about... Labour's six tests. These seem to be the gold standard, the imperial metric by which they will or will not uh, vote for Theresa May's Brexit plan. Do you think they're going to? It seems like they're not going to. I don't think they're going to. We hear a lot about this, but what are Labour's six tests? I would wager that you, an average person listening to this just as we are here, perhaps don't know what the six tests are. Let us inform you of what these six tests are. So, the first is, does it ensure a strong and collaborative future relationship with the EU? The second, does it deliver, and I quote, the exact same benefits, end quote, uh, as, we have curr- as we currently have as members of the EU? Three, does it ensure fair management of migration in the interests of the economy and the communities? Four, does it defend the rights and protections of people and prevent a race to the bottom? Five, does it protect national security and our capacity to tackle cross-border crime? Six, the last one, does it deliver for all regions of the UK? There are quicker ways to say, let's just stay in the EU. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a very thinly veiled manifesto to say, any deal you negotiate is impossible, therefore we're going to challenge it. Yes, and it seems like Labour's primary stance is we're just going to oppose any by any means necessary, which I guess works, they're the opposition party. But um, there are some of these that I don't fully understand, such as the, the cross-border crime thing. The one that stands out most to me is, does it deliver the exact same benefits, uh, exact same benefits being a quote from David Davis, as we currently have as members of the EU? That's, that seems like a resounding no. It seems unrealistic. But then you gotta remember these people have made out like leaving the EU would be better. So if it gave the exact same benefits, that's actually worse than the the, the, the mythical land. In which way do they think that leaving the EU can be better? This is it. This guy on my, my Facebook who's he's not a strongly political character. But he said yesterday I've tried to be open minded and, you know, uh, objective where I can about this Brexit. And can anybody explain to me one, just one, tangible benefit of Brexit? You know how many comments he got? None. None. Because what are the benefits? You don't get to live with your parents for 40 years and then say, fuck you, mum and dad, I'm leaving. By the way, can I still have the Wi-Fi password and access to the washing machine? So I don't understand why... And if we- they gave you that, they'd be bloody idiots. Exactly. But Dan, I know in particular you get annoyed by this um, lack of tangible promise yes. from the right wing. I think it's part of it in general, actually, but bugged me about this sort of thing but like so in Michael Gove's interview where he kept sort of saying oh it'd be a better deal than but he wouldn't actually say than what and he'd say oh other than the better this and that and that or in which way yeah but he won't tell you why or how or and they also know that no one knows what the deal is so you can't keep going about the deal being good without saying what it is the deal might be good we don't know what it is as Corbyn said in the, in the comments last week it is vaguely irresponsible of them to tote this as the best deal possible because it's the only deal... It's the best one that they could get. Yeah. Why it, this is kind of the moving of the Overton window of, of what's acceptable. We have ended up with the most right-wing government we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. The United States have ended up with Donald Trump because 
for too long, we've been voting for the lesser of the two evils, you know? But why is it so infrequent that the op- the voting options are not just something that's fucking good? Good. Why, why do we have to settle for... Ah, uh, well, at least they're not for genocide, basically. It just seems unreasonable. As far as we know. <laughs> when the attitude is, well, this is the best we can get, why are we settling for that? We had the greatest empire ever once, and I'm not nostalgic for the empire, but, <laughs> but it was bigger than Rome, just saying. You wouldn't be a valley, mate. Well, exactly that. <laughs> why is the... Ra- even the rhetoric of our government, who are, who are for Brexit, they're like... It'll do. No, not it'll do. If it ain't good, get rid of it. I I don't think we've ever had such a a unity in the country regarding something being so bad. Whatever side you're on, you acknowledge it's a shit. Even Theresa May, she's basically like, do you you know what, boys? It's pretty shit. It's either a punch in the face or a kick in the bollocks. Which which one do you want? I mean, on, on, uh, I believe it was the, I want to say the 14th of November or the 24th of November, it's got four in it, where she came out with the, well, we've, we've got the deal, and it's 585 pages long. Oh, right, you know, that yeah, That's the one, yeah. and then they met the next day, and she said, so the options are no deal, this deal, or, and then we get a tasty new soundbite, no Brexit at all. And everyone, what, what, what? Hmm? I, I watched the, the comments chat the next day, and Jeremy Corbyn was like, did you say no deal at all? No Brexit at all, sorry. And now we're seeing the the Hunts, Ghosts, Hammonds, Lillingtons, all these people just chucking in the, the no Brexit at all in there whenever they're talking about the thing. We're going to do Brexit, we're going to do Brexit, or no Brexit at all. And the, then, you know... and It's, it's so funny how they're, they're trying to square it for this. It, you can see it coming a mile away. I, I think it was... Um, I want to say it was Hunt, but you'll forgive me if I can't remember which one of the exactly the same-looking uh, middle-aged white blokes this was, was saying on Andrew Marr, I want to say, a couple of weeks ago, it could collapse the government. This is somebody who's in the government going, oh, we might have had it, yeah, we don't know. That doesn't happen. And, yeah. and and also, like, if what you're saying is, it might collapse the government, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Obviously a bad idea. It's, uh, again, I know I know. all of my uh, references are uh, American. Three years ago, four years ago, back in the Obama days, back in the Bush days, Reagan, Clinton, any of these people. When stuff vaguely used to make sense. <laughs> when things mattered. But now Donald Trump's gone, we should build a wall. And now the Republicans are like, what about the wall? Yeah, and and but then but then even even the Dems are being held hostage because they're like, you better give us money for the wall. And now we're talking about this wall like it's a good idea. And it's the same with it's not the ravings of a madman. You know, it was a good meme, but I don't think it, it should be government policy. It's like a six-year-old's thought of it. It is mad. Coming. That's a bit of And same with a lot of this Brexit stuff. It's like we could just leave. We could just. Do the, the cliff edge breaks, we'll just leave and everything gets worse. Oh, we could do that. Why, why are we having this conversation? No, we're not doing that. Why would we do that? In in Corbyn's own words, nobody is going to allow no deal. deal. Do you think he's in on it? On, yeah. the, on what the government's doing? He's they, they said to him, like, don't tank this because we've got a plan to, to not do the Brexit. So what? Just, just stay with us. We'll promise we'll give you an election in eight months. From now, for now, just, just shut up and we'll see what we can do with it. We, we sort of do need an election just to kind of... Just sort of clear, clear an out. An election is not going to happen. But also, it just it would be bad optics and, and would inspire bad faith all across no. the country if we do another election just, uh, in two years. And every, everyone is going to be laughing at us. We're, we're going to be Australia too, you know, because they've had six governments in four years or four governments in six years, but either way, that's crap. And it is getting to the point of fast, you know. It, it's very much like we live in a comedic dystopian novel it's vaguely pythesque here's a, a phrase that keeps getting um, brought out that keeps really grinding my gears because they, they keep using it the politicians as this kind of justification whatever they're doing but they also keep changing the meaning of it and that is the will of the, the people. people always the second after Brexit 
The people have spoken. I don't know why I'm doing a Frank Underwood thing in my fist. <laughs> the people have spoken. The people have spoken. And now the people are suddenly speaking again, going, do you know what, Theresa? We quite fancy a second referendum. She's going, no, no, I'm, re- I'm respecting your will. You forgot what it was. You don't know your own will. But trust me, remember when some of you voted out, well, fuck it. Oh, and, I mean, yeah. give me a remit, my remit, and now you all know how it works. And, and also, with this will of the people thing, I think it was a weak talking point to begin with, because... Because well, you know, the population it, it, went, no, it's not. 17.4 million people voted leave, and 16 uh, million people voted to remain. Both of those numbers are, don't even make up half the country together. So those are both roughly, I think, a bit less than a quarter, and the will of the people. It's, it's one of those vague terms. It's like when Theresa May still punts the we're taking back control of our borders, of our money, and our laws. What, what, oh, what does so that mean? vague. Doesn't mean anything. Nothing quantifiable, nothing tangible. Mm-hmm. Explain to me how taking back control is different. At least Trump was like, yeah, we can do a wall. But that, was, that was a plan. That was a dreadful plan, well, but well, it's a plan. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just don't see how, how taking like, back control is any different than guys, make America how, how great. How are we going to make Britain better at the EU? They're like, oh, you know, trade with what? Oh, we'll sort it out later. Every time. No, we'll... we'll We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. No, no. Here, here, your jobs are to make sure that bridge is built before but you get to it. We're not allowed because we're in this custom union, and this is why this deal currently is so bad because it's Brexit. It's Brexit light or remaining in the EU by another name, but worse in either way. So we ain't getting any benefits. It's reckless. It. Yes, exactly as I said. There was an episode of Recess. <laughs> we're, we're going there where the American government tried to take away the, the concept of recess because of the kids having too much fun and they have more time in the classroom as a result of this and they'll get cleverer. Obviously, everything goes tits up. They all get miserable and they go, right, we need to implement something that um, that gives them a bit of a break. I don't know. It's not recess. We'll call it recess. And it's exactly what this is. It's going to be staying in the EU, but just by another name. We're going to be paying money to stay in and not have a say. And if this deal... Um, looking at Keir Starmer's six tests... Paying to stay in but having no say is not ensuring a strong collaborative uh, relationship with the EU. It yeah. ensures that they, we can collaborate on fucking us. I'm not saying like the EU are fantastic, of course they're not. But and you know most uh, international and supranational things are not perfect. But I don't think they're just gonna like <coughs> just smite us out of existence. No, um, no. they're so. not gonna do that. But there's also not a lot of self-interest to them to give us a good deal. Because, you know, they want to make an example of us, and so they should. You know, if, if this goes badly for us, they can, as you said, turn around to the rest of the EU and go, see? Yeah. Exactly, don't leave. You know, we're heading towards a world that is uh, increasingly connected much to the uh, ire of a lot of the right wing. We've got the internet, the fact that you're listening to this, all two of you out there. We've got Instagram, we've got Snapchat, we've got all these things connecting the world. Why are there people who are too enthusiastically willing to look in, in internally. I mean, is this Interstellar? Remember in Interstellar yeah. when there's that whole bit about, oh, the moon landing was fake. Why? Not because it was fake, but because they don't want people looking up to the stars. They want us looking back at our place in the dirt, which Adam does a better impression of than me. Um, <laughs> Not you know that he's going to listen to this. <laughs> That's true. Um, why are we looking inward? And why is the pursuit of a global economy... I mean, remember, Theresa May said when we did the Brexit thing, like... This is going to be global Britain. We're going to be global Britain. Well, that's not happening, is it? We don't make anything. What, what, what's the plan? We're goods and services and weapons. That's what we do. Yeah. Everyone's forgetting what the, the, the big bads are not immigrants. They're not the EU. They are climate change, which mm. everyone is going to forget about. And we're going to have to boil over, by the way, because 
the economy of the whole world, not just Britain, is going to go tits up in the next couple of years. So we're going to have to keep pumping out the fossil fuels and shit to um, kind of stimulate us in the short term. So that's buggered. And also, my tinfoil hat theory, don't forget Putin. Do not forget Putin. The White Walkers are coming. Putin is the Night King. This is exactly what he wants. He wants the collapse of the West and he's getting it. Um, I mean, did you see the, the, the hand-slappy thing he did with Mohammed bin Salman at the G20? He's fucked up so much. He doesn't even have to invade us. It's already done. It's that easy for him. Uh, but then it's as I've said many times. Putin's got to be looking at us and at the US and going, how did I get so lucky? I guess we should probably round this thing off now. What what would you say the ideal no uh, uh, Brexit deal would be? Because we have to have a deal. No deal isn't on the table. We're not talking about that. What would the ideal Brexit be? I don't feel informed enough, really, to give an opinion, because I don't think anyone is. No, yeah. Because both sides are kind of playing chicken, and nobody knows how far the other is going to go. And also, no one is really that well informed, because all the information is clouded with agenda. So, frankly, I don't know. How did this Brexit thing happen at all, where the circumstances are, I'll figure out when we get there? No, 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 no. If we're going to be doing this leaving thing, have a fucking plan. I suspect quite strongly that. We've tried sending out, in fact, I know we've tried sending out envoys. There's been plenty of, you know, hearts and minds kind of buttering up missions that have gone on. We yeah, all saw. Like in Africa. Were, yeah, it's really made doing the cringy dance in Africa, but, you know, fair enough, she was trying. And there was a couple of things going to India. We've obviously been buttering up uh, the Yanks mm-hmm. for the last couple of years as well. It's not gone well. I suspect right. behind closed doors, everyone said thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. So now we really are in trouble. Um, so uh, do we have anything else to say on this? Because uh, this is episode one, some pretty heavy subject matter, and I hope you're entertained as well, because this can be uh, quite a quite a droll thing. And also, please do tell us what you want us to dig into in future, because, you know, uh, everything we do is not going to be <laughs> generic doom-mongering no, no, kind of a yeah. episode one pilot yeah. explaining our position. We do want to be digging deep into, I'd say, mainly the reasons why things are happening, certainly the agendas behind um, these political movements we want to be looking at the finances and again that word agenda behind the people at the very top and we want to be trying to tell you in an informed manner and also learning ourselves at the same time what's going to happen going forward with all of this if you don't know why somebody is doing what they're doing follow the money yeah and you will find the answer so uh, do give us a follow share us about and do correct us as well because we're not infallible at all we're, yeah. we're learning just the same as everyone else exactly that um, so thanks for listening. 